0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is Joshua Baumgarten with the first official episode of the There Is No Quit Mindset podcast. I decided to change the name from The Jewish Man Speaketh so that the title of the podcast would stay more on message with what, with what I'm making an effort to share and promote. And that is the mindset that moves you to achieve great things and about sharing the stories of people I know that have influenced me to overcome certain adverse situations, and people sharing their stories about how they've overcome adversity, and simply by not giving up, or by learning from mistakes, they've been able to accomplish a lot of things in their everyday life, or overall, Um, you know, people that have owned businesses, or become very successful professionals in their industry, or people that have started families, or you know, travel the world, pretty much anything, what it comes down to is a question of motivation and a willingness to power through obstacles. And so I wanted to change that name to the There is No Quit Mindset podcast because I think that lines up more with the goal. And that's helping all of us work together to realize that by consistently overcoming challenges and pushing ourselves, and being willing to learn and grow, we can achieve anything as long as we don't give up. This episode is about how our fears and bad habits hold us back. Really, it's inspired by my experience recently in a sensory deprivation tank. My friend Derek Shepard has a float lab called Reset Mind Body in Ocean Beach, California. And a sensory deprivation tank, for those of you that don't know... Is a big pod, all right? So it's you're just you're like a you're like in a a huge human-sized tin can, all right? So it can fit one person. I don't I think there's some that are big enough for multiple people, but this is a one-person sensory deprivation tank, and it's a big pod and it's filled with water, not up to the top or anything. It's it's a couple, maybe a foot, foot and a half, maybe a little more, and the water is heated to body temperature. And it's filled with Epsom salt, so you float. Alright, so you're very buoyant. Alright, the water's holding you up. You don't have to do anything to float. It's not like you're in there swimming the whole time you're in there. That would that wouldn't be relaxing at all. And there's no light, no ambient light of any kind. It's pitch black, and there's no sound. So it's you floating there with your thoughts. Alright, and the reason the water is heated to body temperature, it's you can't really tell where your body ends and the water begins so you're really able to focus on your mind and your breathing and it creates a potential for you to dig a little bit deeper into your thoughts about yourself your life certain aspects of your life and it can be a really incredible experience Uh, this past experience floating was my third time in a sensory deprivation tank i've gone to Derek's float lab. Every single time, the this time was by far the most impactful. And from the conversation I had with Derek afterwards, your third time floating is kind of that that big one because you've had a, a couple of experiences, so you kind of know what to expect. I know my first time floating about a year ago, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on in my life. I had been afraid to float. I was afraid of my own thoughts, which I think a lot of people go through. I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I can, if I could totally like go that deep into meditation." You know, even though I'd meditated plenty of times and read about it and heard about it from friends how great floating was, and I had never made the time to do it because there was that apprehension about kind of, "Oh man, like I'm just floating in this water. That sounds kind of wacky." Uh, but I, but I did it, and it was an incredible experience that first time. Uh, I went into a pretty pretty deep meditative state. Um, it was really relaxing, considering the stressful nature of my life at that time, balancing school, balancing a relationship, and making an effort to save a business that was being attacked from the inside and the outside. so I had a lot to unpack in that in that session and that was ninety minutes. It was way cool. I came out of there just feeling fantastic very relaxed, very focused and I wanted to share that so the next time the next time I went that second time I went into the tank with the idea that it would be the exact same thing you know when you ha- when you think I'm going to this place this is what happened last time I went to this place with this stuff I will get the exact same out of it but that's not what happened. In fact, it was kind of frustrating that second time I floated. I was attempting to force a meditation. I was, I was making an effort to make it exactly like the first time. But what I learned after and in my conversation with, with Derek was that that's a mistake a lot of people make their second time floating. And I think it's a mistake a lot of us make in certain aspects of life where we want everything to be the same. And we attempt to fit square pegs into round holes. We force stuff and then we create resistance. And we end up struggling when the reality is we can kind of flow with it if we kind of relax and let things come to us a little easier and we practice that patience and mindfulness in the moment. But that's not the experience I had that second time. It was just really frustrating for me. So I spent 90 minutes floating in room temperature bathwater being really frustrated that I couldn't get deeper into a meditative state, but what I realized looking back is that wasn't a rep. That was a direct representation of of where my mindset was at at that point in time. Anyway, this was probably September or October of 2017, maybe. So it was only a few months after that first float, and I was going through a lot of stuff at that time, and I was attempting to use the the sensory deprivation tank as an escape instead of a window into what my life what was going on in my life if that makes any sense so this time when I went keep in mind now it's been about 10 months since my last float so I went last weekend on my way down to San Diego to coach at a weightlifting meet I stopped at the float lab and I went in there with a different mindset and I talked to Derek about it before I went in this is my first time floating since my marriage ended, which uh, was a pretty pretty rough situation that's I didn't get married so that I could get divorced a little over a year later uh, or split up it it's just what happened and that, there was a, a lot to unpack there uh, It's been a couple months and I was once again kind of afraid to float I was afraid where my thoughts would be about that I was afraid about of where my thoughts would be in relation to my professional life, you know, being the head coach for you know, almost six months now at a different gym as opposed to the gym owner. Uh, understanding that I only have one semester left in junior college and I am about to uh, start applying to transfer for schools or to transfer to what I refer to as big boy college. Um, a lot of times I refer to junior college as high school plus, uh, by the way, side note, There's some serious issues with the education system in the United States. I think we value entertainment way more than education, and that is reflected in the investment of students when they go to acquire knowledge. But getting back on track, I was thinking about school and do I want to apply to out-of-state schools? Do I want to move? Do I want to stay here? What do I want to do? And also thinking about kind of unplugging from my life as is and traveling the world. I've been saving money for a long time. The GI Bill uh, allows me to do that. I'm very fortunate in that respect uh, that I have a job so I don't need to use the finances I get from the GI Bill to pay my bills. I just put that away into what my financial advisor told me to do about a year and a half ago. He said, you need to create an oh shit fund in case everything goes horribly wrong in your life. You need to be able to have a few months of living expenses. So that's what I did. And it seems like my life is a bit more stable now. And so one of the things I'm rolling around in my head is kind of one of those once-in-a-lifetime trips where you buy a one-way ticket to somewhere and you go away for an indeterminate amount of time and see what happens. And I, it's kind of a thing that I want to do to prove to myself that I can do this thing alone. You know, like travel the world alone, explore different countries alone, uh, traverse the world alone without the aid of family members or friends that know more and, you know, having that support system. I kind of want to see what it's like to not have a safety net. So I went into the float tank with all of these thoughts, but I wasn't attempting to force myself to think about certain things like I did that second time when I was trying to push it like Dear float tank, please tell me how to handle this. That's not how I went in there this time. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to lay down in this water and breathe. And whatever happens, happens. And that'll be a thing. And I laid down in there. And it was easy. It was calm. It was the most calm my life and my mind have been in who knows how long. And there's been times that I've felt pretty calm and at ease and the majority of time i i think i walk around with a a mindful focus on the present moment which allows me to stay calm but this was next level i started to drift into a deep meditative state and i started to really get in touch with my my breathing which is something you do when you're meditating but but i've been having trouble with when i meditate at home or when i've gone to parks a couple times it's been kind of a bit more of a struggle to calm my mind and focus on my thoughts because there's been so many things rolling around but it happened naturally and it was it kind of sounded like wind cuz you know it's dead silent in this float tank so all you have is your breath and your thoughts and it was a a trip so i was in this really deep meditative state and i started thinking about all the ways that I let fears, little tiny fears hold me back in my decision making when it comes to the things that I want to do and achieve in life. Because as I have mentioned in previous podcasts, my, my ultimate goal in life is to help as many people as possible. Which is one of the motivating factors contributing to the creation of this podcast. Is that helping people in the gym. Is awesome and I know it's a part of the ultimate goal but I want to make an effort to connect with people that aren't around me physically I want to make our make an effort to help people that maybe I've never even met or maybe I've met but they're they're far away and I want to do that through this podcast and sharing those stories and everything and what I realized is I know a lot of really amazing people that I want to interview and I haven't even up until right before recording this made an effort to shoot out emails and text messages to set up these interviews because i had this fear like i'm gonna ask someone to interview them they're gonna be like no that's stupid i'm not gonna do that or some other thing well I, oh well I, I mean how am i even going to get to this person to set up this podcast even if they say yes how am i going to get the time off work to go do this thing and it's these little things, these thoughts about a future that I'm like, oh, well, these are, these are roadblocks. I wasn't thinking about what if I don't care about the roadblocks and I just take the next step and send these, send these messages out to set things up. And that was a little fear. Is one thing that I was able to kind of acknowledge instead of finding busy work for myself, like I do at home sometimes where I get caught up in reading or I get caught up in writing whether it's a program or writing an, an essay or doing something like that instead of distracting myself from my ultimate goal I was able to focus on it and think about a fear that was holding me back in it and so I've taken action to, to correct that mistake and a lot of it was the motivation I found when I was chilling when it came to setting up that world traveling trip my my goal now that I plan on executing, and I'm fairly certain I'll achieve this goal, I'm making, I'm making steps, set it up, I kind of created a game plan, is that the GI Bill money from this fall semester will help finance the trip so that I can live more comfortably when I'm traveling. Um, maybe fewer hostels and more Airbnbs, things of that nature, maybe even be gone a bit longer. And I think my current plan, if things play out the way I predict, they will. Although that is very difficult to make happen in a world that is constantly changing with variables I can't possibly predict looming in my future. Is that when my lease is up at the end of spring next year on my apartment... I think I will put all of my stuff in storage and I will buy a one-way ticket to I'm kind of thinking London right now and then start my trip from there location subject subject to change Um, there's also my thoughts about traveling across the United States dropping into a bunch of CrossFit gyms go all the way across the United States and then start my trip from the east coast and then head across the world because I think there's a lot of stuff I can learn about the United States in general and different people in different places by simply working out at CrossFit gyms and weightlifting gyms and having a different perspective as someone that's been an owner, a coach and integrated with memberships and understanding the community and the dynamics of different geographical locations and mindsets of different gyms that those specific communities inherit from ownership and coaching staff. Uh, I've wanted to do a lot of writing about that and I think I can kill two birds with one stone if I incorporate that trip into the, the open-ended world traveling thing, and and that was something I thought about a lot in the tank, and the fears that have stopped me from doing that, and to be honest, I almost said, screw it. When I get home today, I'm going to get my plane ticket and break my lease and Put all my stuff away, and I'm just gonna dip out in a couple weeks. That's not what I ended up doing. I kind of slowed down my emotional attachment to the excitement of the trip, and realized that uh, I have big plans to go to the Ohio State Michigan game with one of my very good friends in November. That's a thing on my bucket list. I got to do it. And you know, I got those tickets, and that's gonna be a thing that happens. There's still a lot of people that I am around that I want to help. Uh, in a a much better way I want to continue to help make the gym I work at a better place I want to continue to help the coaching staff improve and they're already awesome I want to help the members reach goals and I want to help set up systems so that when I do leave to travel the world everyone's set up so that I won't be missed I want to be able to walk away knowing that no one's going to feel feel bummed about it. you know I, I, like they're still gonna get awesome workouts and awesome coaching and and just the, the community won't suffer as a result of of me leaving. I'm sure even if I left in, a, in two weeks it wouldn't it wouldn't suffer too much but I think it can be a, a more concrete positive structure if I spend a little more time uh, working on it with the team we have in place and and create a more solid system so that was something i rolled around in the tank and and after and that was really cool in relation to school i was able to unpack some stuff about i really do want to apply to some out-of-state schools and i think i'll i'm going to do that i'm going to apply to some schools in the pacific northwest that's going to be a exciting adventure i think i can get accepted i have a, a pretty good gpa it's it's, I, it's you know it's not a 4.0 which is which is always the goal but it's a it's a 3.61 which I feel pretty pretty good about I think I kind of got a leg up on some kids because I'm a little older and I got the whole veteran thing uh going for me I don't know if that bumps me up a list for uh admission maybe it does I've heard it does I don't know but I'll apply to some schools pacific northwest um, i'm going to apply to unlv one of my friends got his degree in philosophy from from unlv and he said some really good things about it and i'm i'm going to apply to the ohio state university that's always been kind of thing I, i've been interested in since i was a kid and i think i'd like to see if i can take advantage of that opportunity if it presents itself and then i would start start pursuing stuff more towards my degree in philosophy and out of junior college where i'm spinning my wheels with general ed stuff was super exciting um and i would start that in the fall of 2019 and guess what when you're sitting in in a sensory deprivation tank for an hour and 45 minutes which i had no concept of time uh, that was one thing I was really excited about. I didn't know if I was going to have a 60-minute float or a 90-minute float, and it turned out it was an hour and 45. So a willingness to let go of time and the ability to let go of time, because we are so obsessed with time as a culture, it's crazy. Uh, that was really liberating as well, and helped me help me chill out and and I and I thought I thought about all those fears that held me back from doing these things and. And fears I've had when it came to making certain decisions in my life. And I remember telling myself in that float tank, like, you have nothing to be afraid of. And I think that's an attitude that a lot of really successful people, if you read the books they've written or you listen to podcasts, they they speak about or, or they speak about this thing where they, they're always going to, everyone's got fears, but a lot of them are illusions that we create to protect us and keep us in our comfort zones because we get comfortable with our habits and that's why i'm going to transition to next like we we put up these fears if i do x then y is going to happen and that's going to be bad and we get afraid of that but we haven't even made the decision to see if that fear will be a thing and I think unfortunately in our society in our culture we put too much weight towards that potential negative outcome and we fail to realize many times that the positive outcome is just as likely of a possibility and I know in many of my adventures throughout life I suppose you know I've I've been able to let go of the potential negative outcome and focus on the result i want but you know we have habits and we go back and forth from getting caught up in our bad habits and and failing to stick with our good habits and that was one of those things i think i've been doing because i got caught so caught up in so many things that i was i was missing my opportunities to acknowledge certain fears i had in certain aspects of life i i think i I think i make an effort to be open about my fears when I'm, when I'm coaching or interacting with uh, friends, family, and staff members. But even so, I, I realized that I, that I wasn't pushing myself to get past them for certain things. And I think we all do that. I think we all do that in several ways. And being in that sensory deprivation tank cleared the space of my life to create the opportunity to acknowledge my fears in my mind and i even did it vocally so i could put myself in check because the the majority of the time i'm i'm the coach i'm i'm the one that helps and sometimes i i need to get put in check too and Sometimes people do it for me, but sometimes you just got to put yourself in check and say, Self, you are afraid of nothing. Like the fear that you feel and that scenario that you and me, the scenarios we create in our heads and those fears that we focus on, those aren't even real, they're potential futures. so I was lucky to, to be in there and get into a deep enough meditative state to where I could acknowledge that with myself like dude Josh that's not even real you will create the more positive outcome or you'll at least apply the effort maximum effort to create towards creating the most positive outcome possible with these decisions and the chips will fall where they may and I think Talking about this in this podcast, I've been procrastinating on this specific episode for days out of fear, and it's a trip. It's a trip how often we do this, and it's a habit. I want to say, like, fears and habits. I want to move on to our bad habits. We all have them. I think a lot of them are fear-based, but we also have a lot of bad habits that aren't fear-based that prevent us from reaching our goals or making changes that we that we want to do to live better, feel better, perceive ourselves in a more positive light, or perceive others in a more positive light. I, I think uh, we create a lot of distractions for ourselves that play into our bad habits. And that slows down our our growth as human beings and prevents us from being the best family member we can be, uh, the best partner we can be, the best friend we can be, or the, or the best Employee or business owner, we can be. And I think we have fears and they play into our desire to ignore our bad habits. Or we're fully aware of our bad habits and we say stuff like, I could never stop doing X. Or there's no way I can stop doing Y. But why have we already decided that we can't stop doing those things? Why do we as a culture or as individuals so often determine that we are not capable of achieving a goal? That trips me out because it's, it's safe. Or we believe it's safe. We believe it's safe to say, I cannot overcome my bad habits to get to the level I want to be at. We say, I can't stop doing that. And then we surround ourselves with people that are like, oh, yeah, I could never give that up either. There's no way. Like, I totally get it. And we support a lot of our own bullshit justifications for not getting to where we want to go. We don't push each other enough because we want to be accepted by our friends. And and I think a lot of that comes down to communication and our desire, our intrinsic desire as human beings to feel accepted. And we worry that we'll be rejected if we kind of push someone too hard and they'll be like hey back off man let me live my life and that's a big thing with communication we don't really learn about how to push people with the correct amount of weight behind our push or learning to adjust the way we push based on the individual that we're making an effort to help Uh, I'm very fortunate that I've worked in a profession that has uh, taught me many lessons about that and I still got a lot more to learn but our bad habits are are crazy you have people that smoke cigarettes still or they vape and they know how bad it is and they say stuff like i want to quit i just can't and you have that that old adage whether you think you can or you can't you're right and as cheesy as it is it's Relatively true. That's one of the reasons it's been around for so long. We have there's all these old sayings that have been around for hundreds of years. People are like, oh, that's cheesy. That's lame. It's like, well, it's lasted longer than any memory of you might last, or any memory of anything that you might ever say will last. There must be more truth to it than fiction. And that's and that's the thing about habits we all fall into them and i don't know if any of you watch Westworld. Uh, it's a show on hbo and it talks it's, i won't get too into it but there's loops we're all in our loops to one degree or another and you can refuse to acknowledge it but that's the reality of the situation we home we're at home we go to work we socialize repeat right and a lot of times it's we believe it's the same but it's slightly different all right and sometimes we aren't paying enough attention in the moment to see the differences and that's when we slip into these bad habits i mean i know for some people they have the, the habit of oh i can't stop drinking coke and it's like all right well you're you're diabetic maybe water is a good idea like oh i just i can't i can't do it. it's a bad habit everyone's got bad habits. this is my vice i've decided this is my vice i can totally have my vice and, and the reality of it is, yes, everyone's free to live their life the way they want to live it. And I don't want to take that away from anybody, and it's, it's not a judgment thing. But I think it's the acknowledgement that we all have some bad habits. I know for me, I have a bad habit. I'll decide, all right, I'm off work early on Friday. I'm going to deep clean my apartment. I'll say that on a Monday. I'm going to deep clean my apartment. I don't say it out loud, and I don't write it down, which is one of the reasons I fail to accomplish this task. And that's a bad habit I have. Because then guess what? I only superficially clean my apartment. And then I'm like spot-checking stuff here and there. I'm like, oh, gosh, I should really deep-clean this. But sometimes when I get off work on a Friday at 1 o'clock, I want to live outside of my apartment. I want to go hang out with my friends. I want to socialize because I, I work a lot. And I miss my friends A, uh, uh, six and a half years or so of business ownership. I was saying no to seeing my friends so much that I felt like I wasn't living a huge part of my life. So now I'm not a business owner and I have a bad habit of not doing certain things around my house. It's it's not a, like a mess or anything. Uh, I don't think I could live like that, but it's not spotless. And I find myself consistently uh, apologizing anytime anyone comes over, I'm like, oh, I've If you see anything, I'm really sorry, there's a thing there. They'll say, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know, I I didn't deep clean. I said I would. That's a silly thing, and I think everyone or a lot of people kind of have that, but that's a bad habit I have. Or the bad habits we have in regard to social media when I think many of us uh, have read research about how we should turn off social media or stop exposing ourselves to blue light 60 to 90 minutes before bedtime so that we can sleep more peacefully and get more deep sleep. Yet, the majority of us think we are the exception to the rule. Uh, because, of course, that's how the human mind works. And we'll still check our phones. And, or we'll still go on the internet. Or we'll still watch TV until bedtime. And we all do those things. And we all have bad habits. And I think our bad habits and our fears play into each other quite a bit. And I really wanted to make this because I wanted to openly acknowledge that I too have fears and I too have bad habits that hold me back. And I want to overcome them. And this podcast is one of the ways I'm making an effort to over overcome those fears because I can more publicly acknowledge the doubts and fears and uncertainties and bad and some bad habits that I have and share the efforts I make to shift certain bad habits like giving into fear and change them into good habits and create new thought patterns more positive thought patterns for myself or more positive speech patterns when I'm interacting with people like cutting out the word cutting out the words from my vocabulary try and cutting out the word hate and I know these sound like silly things but you have that the you know Yoda said it do or do not there is no try and I think think for the most part that's true so I substitute try with I'll make my best effort I'll make my best effort and although my best effort might fall short of me achieving a goal, at least I'm holding myself more accountable for my best effort because what the fuck is a try? Oh I put in thirty percent effort but at least I tried and we're letting ourselves off the hook. but if you say I'm gonna give it my best effort, you're much more likely to put in a hundred percent and if you put in a hundred percent, you're, it's much more likely that you will achieve the thing you're making your best effort to achieve instead of going, I'll try. And then when stuff gets tough, you're like, ah, I don't want to do it. Or the use of the word, the phrase, I hate in regard to incredibly trivial things. It is a, a huge pet peeve of mine, and I dislike it because I use the word dislike instead of hate. Hate is what Hitler had for Jews. Hitler Hate is what Sunnis and Shiites feel towards each other. There is no way that you feel about long lines at Starbucks the way Hitler felt about Jews. And I know that might be a totally extreme example. But I think we trivialize the use of the word hate to such a degree in our day-to-day lives that we create some really negative thought patterns, really negative speech patterns, and we increase the potential for hate, like actual legitimate hate, to rise within our culture. Because the word gets thrown around so easily. Blah, 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 as if it means nothing. But it does mean things. Words carry weight. Words have meanings. So when you say stuff like, in a gym I hate wobbles I hate snatches really they're good for you oh but I hate them why do you hate them oh they're hard or I'm not good at them wow what's that say about our collective mindset simply because something's difficult or simply because we're not good at something we label it with the it has it's something that we hate or when we're driving to work oh I hate traffic cool guess what accept it it's a part of the deal all right is hating it going to make it easier to deal with or less easy to deal with is this a good thought habit or a negative thought habit how does it help how does what you say help you live life better i think that's a big thing that we can all do a better job of of checking ourselves on and i still have a lot of stuff to improve and i still have a ton of stuff to learn So please don't take me sharing my life experiences as me having this belief that I'm superior in any way, shape, or form. I hope it doesn't come off like that because that is not the intent. My intent is to share that I have made many, many, many mistakes. Tons of mistakes. But I've been fortunate enough to learn from many of them. And I I share these things openly because I want to help others avoid the mistakes. And maybe you're not making any of these mistakes and you are knocking shit out of the park on a daily basis and I can learn a ton from you. And I would love to. I want to learn from everybody because I think everyone has something to offer that I can learn from in an effort to improve my life or my ability to improve how I help other people near me or far away from me. Like I want to learn. But, but I think we can all learn faster together by sharing. Like we all make mistakes. We don't need to be so ego-driven that we pretend or put up this front like I've never made mistakes. Or we're so afraid to share things that we've learned because we don't want to appear arrogant. And we don't want to be judged for being too confident so we go so far the other direction like right? oh cool like i'll just hide what i think that i'm good at or i'll hide positivity because i think it's going to be easier to decrease my positivity in a world in which so many people are either are, are either neutral or <laughs> every time they open their mouths it's about something they dislike and so instead of connecting about the things they like in life they find it easier to connect with people about stuff they dislike. Because our dislikes, or what many of many people say, things they hate, I think our dislikes are more general. They're more more common. It's easier to connect because more people dislike the same things than people like the same things. For instance, I like reading about philosophy. Or I like playing video games sometimes. What if I tell someone, oh, man, I really love this, and they're like, oh, I don't love that. They're like, oh, cool. I just lose the potential to connect, but what if I say, you know what, I really don't like traffic. They're like, yeah, not liking traffic, high five, like we just connected. But uh, I think we can dig a little deeper and create a, a habit of getting to know people better and understanding why people like different things or why people feel more positively about different things and we can connect more effectively and generate more positive energy like that and once again it circles back to what i mentioned at the beginning of the episode about being less engaged with that fear mindset and detaching ourselves from the bad habit of giving more weight to the fear than we do to the positivity and the courage that we're all capable of creating for ourselves and this is all stuff that i thought about in that sensory deprivation tank if you're ever on the way to san diego check out uh, my buddy derek's place reset mind body float lab in ocean beach san diego Uh, it's awesome derek is an amazing dude i really look forward to interviewing him on this podcast. He's got a great life story and a great reason for for opening up his float lab because he knows how much it helped him. And it's going to be really cool when we get to share his story. Anyways, thank you for listening to the first official episode of the There Is No Quit Mindset podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Joshua Baumgarten. I hope that you got something out of this episode. I know for me, at the very least, I was able – help myself by overcoming the fear of creating this episode um, I'll probably be able to sleep a little easier tonight and I'm pretty excited about that and if you have any questions please feel free to reach out to me on instagram at jooshman or send me an email to joshua.baumgarten b-a-u-m-g-a-r-t-e-n at gmail.com I would love to to hear your feedback your thoughts or anything like that and if you think this episode or any of the episodes would help other people please you know give this a share on a social media platform or you know send to a text to a friend that you might think might be holding themselves back out of you know being connected to fear too much or have some bad habits you know because in the end if you find value in this maybe someone else will or if you find value in any other episode maybe someone else will well, and the ultimate goal is to help as many people as possible but without your help I, I have trouble helping people and without your help I have, I have trouble learning, I have trouble getting help and you know, I want to create a community and a mindset that there is no quit mindset is all about moving the mindset that moves us in the right direction so hopefully you get that, hopefully you're on board with that I love you I appreciate you making the time to listen, and I hope you have a great day or a great night and definitely a great rest of your life. Thank you for your time. I look forward to hearing from you soon, and please keep tuning in. I I can't wait to generate more content and share some interviews with some really cool people, interviewing one of my other former business partners next week. That's going to be a badass podcast, so make sure you tune in for that. All right, check in next time.